We're going to continue on uh, in the midst of all that's happening. We still have a lot to be thankful for. Amen. So here's what I want to do. This is the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And how many know you don't got to wait till Thursday to say thank you. So I want you to look at your neighbor and just say this happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) There you go. That's right. And now look at, look at, look at the other less like neighbor. No, I'm only kidding. (laughs) Look at them and say, Hey, I'm so thankful you're here with me today. That's what you got to know. Hey, I'm thankful. And I'll, I say to y'all, hey, I'm thankful you're here more than, more than you know. I'm thankful each one of you are here. And I want to say to the camera, I feel like um, uh, Romper Room. Some of y'all may know that one <laughs> from way back in the day. Break out my mirror. Hey, I, I used to wait to hear my name called out. Where's, I see Mark. I'm like, oh, she sees me. I'm like, <laughs> well, I see you. Not through the camera, but you see me. I just want to say I'm thankful for you tuning in with us as well. God bless you. And I pray it, it, I pray the Holy Spirit does an incredible work in you today as we go through this generous life and continue on this journey <clears throat> because it has been a fun one. I know for me, you know, when I think of generosity, generous giving, uh, it's, it is a true fact that most people, the first thing they think of is money is that the natural tendency, especially in the church, and some people, as soon as you mention giving generosity, they go like this, oh, oh. (laughs) It's like, oh. And then some of them like, oh, here, let me open it up, take. There's there's a number of different reactions when you think of generosity and giving. And I personally, with all my heart, believe the happiest people on the planet are givers. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, I have no doubt that that is with that. And so, um, and, and, it, and it stems from thankfulness. It stems from, hey, I don't, I get what I don't deserve. I can't believe I get to do this. And most people, they go through life with a have to do instead of a get to do. Like, I have to do this instead of, man, where's all my students in here to get homework? Man, I have to do this. Instead of, hey, I get to get smart. I get to learn something I didn't know. Um, And it happens in a number of different ways. But when we think about that, I think of, you know, all the pastors and staff here and even the staff at all the ministries here on our campus, Heritage Christian Academy, our loaves and fishes that, by the way, will be open tomorrow. It's the only day we'll be open before Thanksgiving. So if you've got friends that need help, Tomorrow from 9 to 12, make sure you say, hey, I know where you can get uh, a Thanksgiving meal. You can get something to help you out to celebrate. It'll be right, right there. And matter of fact, you could even maybe drive them there. You know, it's up to you. I already heard somebody tell me they would do that. And so something you do on behalf of all those, we just want to say thank you to during this season. Because I know all the pastors, I know all the staff, we really do. We, we think about you a lot. And we... We're so thankful for all that you do and pour in here on this campus. And so, um, so a couple weeks ago, we looked at this thing of gen- the generous life, generosity, and we looked at, uh, we said this thing that the generous, like in the generous life, the generous give of their themselves. They give of themselves, like the core nature is 
It's not something I have out here. It's something that happens in here. And I'm giving from the core of who I am. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to relinquish my control. I'm going to relinquish my will. And then it plays out in a number of different areas. And that's what we're doing on this journey. Last week, we started that journey where the generous give of their time. And so uh, Pastor Mark Anthony did a great job, got a lot of us to think about, man, this thing of time, not just giving it away, but really thinking about. It convicted me on a lot of things. I was like, I give my time maybe too much, maybe, I don't know. This kind of, and I said, it, it convicted me of some areas where I need to, to really seek the Lord, hey, this is, what, is this what I'm supposed to be doing with my time all the time? And so... Um, it gives me the freedom to ask some questions. And so when we think about this thing of generosity and giving and moving forward with today's uh, um, theme, today's uh, lesson I want us to grab and glean from, um, I can't help but think of Paul who was into his own time. He, here's a man who was persecuting believers. Like if you were back in that day, 2000 years ago, and you had faith in Christ and you came, you came across Paul, actually his name was Saul at the time. Those of you who are very familiar with scripture. It was Saul, he was a Pharisee. He was, a, he was one of the religious rulers of his day. If you said, I believe in Jesus, good, come you going to jail with me, we think they kill you. <laughs> and that's this same guy, is who, who had a conversion on the road to Damascus. He ran into the Lord Jesus Christ himself and he was converted right there on the road, convicted that what he was doing, Jesus even used these words, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He didn't say, why are you persecuting believers? Why are you persecuting the church? He said, why are you persecuting me? Which means this, when the enemy comes at you, he's really coming at Jesus because we are his body and we carry with us an authority and we carry with us an affection that God has towards us to say, you, you messing with me when you mess with them. All my parents in here and especially my grandparents. Don't mess with my babies. Don't you mess with my babies. Like, like I'm all fun and games and I like to have a good time, but if you... Mm -mm. You get too rough with this one. Now I can get rough, but you get too rough. <laughs> it, that's where we kind of come in. And God looks at us the same way. And so Paul, who was transformed in this incredible believer in Acts 20, he's talking to the church there in Acts 20, 35. He said, in everything, in everything I did, I showed that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so as we look at this thing of generosity, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make this clear. Jesus is our greatest example of generosity. Like, like we've got to lock in on him because he is, he is generosity personified. Like everything you have, everything you hope to have, everything you are, it comes from the grace and the love Jesus has afforded to us. And it's not because of who we are, it's because of who he is. And so Jesus is our example. Matter of fact, in Mark 10, 45, he said it this way, for even the son of man came not to be served, 
but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. And if Jesus, that's, that was his mission, that's what he did, we can't be expected to do any less. He's our leader. He's our savior. He's, he's our Lord. And he calls us into this life and he says, hey, this is what this is about. It's not about what you give. It's about what you give. And I believe that with all my heart, this thing of the generous life, um, it is powerful. And this is another thing about generosity. Generosity is a choice. Like, I'll just go ahead and say some people, well, I don't feel led to give. <laughs> if you wait till you feel led, <laughs> get ready. <laughs> like, there's going to be plenty of opportunities that will come up in your thing to say, yeah, I want to give, but, but I got this, or I need this, or I want to do this, and I want, and I'm just going to tell you, generosity, there are times in my life where I gave simply out of obedience, <laughs> If I had to wait for, ooh, I want to get that warm, Holy Spirit, come on. Okay, here. <laughs> if it had to be that, then many of us would miss opportunities. And how many of you know most of the time, it's after I give, the blessing comes in it, and I wasn't even expecting it. You just keep giving and all of a sudden sowing. 2 Corinthians 9, we're not turning there this morning, but it's the one, it's where Paul said, it's it, that's where he made that example. It's, it is more blessed that we, we reap what we sow. And so it's this thing. It said, God loves a cheerful giver. It grabs his attention. And so this is why it's so important. When we think, when we think about giving, we've got to keep eternity in mind. And as your pastor, I want, I want you to grab this. Because <laughs> we ain't going to be here forever, y'all. Praise God. There's coming a day. Jesus said it this way in John 9, 4. It says, as long as it is day, we must do the work. Coming where anything I was going to do for God, it had to be done. And so otherwise it's not going to have. So this morning we're going to dive right into what today. So we said the generous give of themselves, the generous give of their time. Today is the generous give of their talents, talents. Now I know when I say talents, um, I know for you Bible scholars and, and Matthew is like, well, Pastor Mark, talent in scripture is a measure of money. It is a, it's a portion of money. And I just want to tell you, you're right. But there's also this thing of gifts, talents, a natural and supernatural ability or skill. And it's so funny because some of the most talented people are the ones that tell me, well, I don't really have a talent. My mother is a prime example. My mother, who was 83, still the secretary at the Catholic church I grew up going to, St. Patrick's, now it's moved, but she's still the secretary there and she's the worst one going, well, Mark, I don't really have a talent. And I was like, mom, you're the most talented woman I know. Like you come in her presence, you instantly feel like, oh, she just loves me. I mean, we've got youth that go to, they still, they call her Nana. They may have only met her two or three times. She'll remember their names. It's amazing. And she's like, in her school, 83, they have about 400 students. She knows all of them by name. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what? 
We need to have name badges in here going, hold it, what's your name? We say, hey, every, every Sunday morning. Now, hey, brother. <laughs> hey, sister. <laughs> but this, here she is. She's saying, Mark, how to, I mean, she, look, she raised seven kids on a shoestring budget, put us all through private school, and she doesn't have a talent. <laughs> I'm telling you, when we begin to understand gifts, both natural and supernatural, and we begin to understand those, and we get to lock into this thing of, hey, I can't do everything, but I can do something. When we get that mentality and realize that, hey, I'm a part of a body, and, and I don't have to do everything, I can do something, and the body comes together understanding that, Power begins to get released in a way that it, it will never happen by just one person trying to do it all. And so here's what I want you to know, just three simple things. And uh, we're, we're, we're going to go into this and dive in. The first thing, I want you to say this with me. I have a gift. Say it one more time. That's right. You need to understand that. You need to understand. When some of y'all say that, some of y'all kind of, you're trying to convince yourself of it. You're like, I have a gift. I have, I have a gift. I, I have a gift. I, I have a gift. You're trying to, to think, and some of y'all like, like, I got a gift. <laughs> you know? And I'll just say it this way. It's not a simple gift. Some of you, you have gifts. <laughs> Because the Holy Spirit's not limited. He doesn't just say, hey, well, I'll trickle this on you. But it's up to us to begin to pursue. It's up to us to say, hey, once we come into the body, it's like, yes. So some of you, and this is where people get this mixed up. Some of you have natural gifts, which are natural inclinations. Like some people, like there's some, some they come out of the womb, like being able to throw a ball. Like, you know, they're, they're, they go, oh, oh, oh. you're like, whoa, he just did that. Or some of them come out of the womb being able to sing. Or some people, they just come out of the womb just understanding things. And, you know, and, and so natural gifting. Some come out of, a, out of the womb with a natural desire to help. Like when they see somebody hurting, it's like, oh. And then some are the ones that they're going to dominate. Like, oh, I'm sorry, you're hurt. I'm going to keep on going. Anyhow, there's... There's many different things we have natural inclinations for, and some people think that's their spiritual gift, and it's not. It's not. Like for me, I, so I can use my own example. I use my stories best because I know them best. Like I came out of the womb with great hand-eye coordination. Like I, I could learn, and I had good balance. So I grew up playing sports, and then I had two older brothers that helped me get good at everything I did. Like they helped me get very good at basketball. And it wasn't because they sat down and said, now Mark, here's how you dribble. Now Mark, here's how you, you know how you get good at a sport? You play two older brothers in every sport because they can't lose to each other. <laughs> so guess what? We got Mark here. <laughs> hey Mark, you wanna play 21? Mike, that's an individual sport. <laughs> Basketball, you play 20. It's everybody tries to get to 21. I know, but it'll be us two against you and we'll give you 19 points. <laughs> Y'all laugh, but I believed them. <laughs> you know how many times I beat them? None. <laughs> I would get close. Like if I'm dribbling, back, I get close and they would just take me out. Oh, well, we found you. It's your ball. Take it out. <laughs> 
That's how you get good from shooting long ways. Like, <laughs> so anyhow, I had a great hand. So baseball, I always, man, I had great hand-eye coordination. The ball, it could never go fast enough. I could always just, hey, I can put the bat on it. And so I always made all-stars growing up. I always, with soccer, I, had, I was, you know, this short little guy that had these legs like, whoa, look at him go. I had fun hand-eye, foot-eye coordination. Those were natural giftings, but they weren't, quote, spiritual gifts. And I enjoyed them, and we're supposed to enjoy them. We develop them. But some of us in this room, man, you know how things operate. Like you come out of the womb, just see, oh, yeah, that's an easier way to do that. I, I always I, I laugh at some of the commercials where they make joke. There's this lady on there. That's not going to fit. That's not going to fit. That's not going to fit. <laughs> just have this natural inclination. Some of you come out of the womb just being able to, to know and measure and see stuff the way it operates. You have this administrative and this, this, this brain that does great things like that. Some have a natural inclination to dance. Like y'all got this natural rhythm and you got this, this beautiful thing where you can express it. And some others of us. You go, hold it. Is he having a convulsion? Is he, what's going on? Is he having an epileptic seizure? What's he, is that dancing? What's going on? Help it, it, these are things that, natural things that we, when we start talking. Some, man, music, it, they just naturally pick up. They start doing, it, it would be something, we use terms like this, man. He took to that like a fish in like, in other words, it just came, came so natural to them. That's just what they do. Those are natural gifts. And they're not to be diminished or to be thought less of, but they're also spiritual gifts. Matter of fact, I love what First Peter said, and, and I got to, before I go to the scripture, I got to preface it with this, because this is 2,000 years ago. And when we read the first uh, verse seven, we're gonna we're, we're not don't put it up there just yet. But when we look at verse seven, some of you go, they were thinking that back then, <laughs> because right now, let's be honest, our world is in turmoil. There's a lot of stuff going on on a lot of fronts, a lot of continents. There's a lot of conflict going on, and if we're not careful, we get so locked into the conflict, we forget the one who's the resolution to it all. We get our mind focused on what's happening here instead of the one that controls it all and understands it all and wants us to be involved in it all. And so that's what Peter was dealing with and it talking about gifts and talking about end times. First Peter 4, 7 through 11, Jesus, one of Jesus' closest disciples, he was in everything. Like Peter, James, and John, they were like, they got to see more than any of the disciples. Peter, the one that walked on water, the, one, the only disciple that was brave enough when he saw Jesus, he, he yeah, you, you look pretty scary out there. <laughs> Can I do it? <laughs> I want to do it. And he did. So he's writing this letter to the church, and it says this, Church of Asia Minor, he's writing, he says, the end of the world is coming soon. <laughs> Some of us would say, man, he was way off. <laughs> no, in his lifetime, in his, what they were dealing with as, as the body of Christ, they were in a real turmoil. They were, the Roman were ruthless. They watched them kill Jesus. When he says this, he says, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. 
In other words, stay connected to God. Prayer is just a carrying on a conversation with our Heavenly Father where the Holy Spirit empowers us and Jesus takes our prayers and we got direct access. So he said, stay connected. Stay disciplined in your prayers. And it said, most important of all, everybody say most important of all. Like prayer is important. That's my personal connection with God. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. And this is where we as a church, we've got to constantly look at my brothers and my sisters. And we've got to constantly stay connected. And yes, we, can, we live in a very critical society. We, look for, we are news gatherers. We want to look at, and, and our natural gravitation is towards the bad. Some people get on Facebook looking for see who's done fall, who done messed up. Like, be honest. Some of us, you won't even put anything out on Facebook. You won't even allow somebody to post a picture until you get to see it. Like, don't you put me out there. Like, oh, no, no, no. You can't put that out there. <laughs> you got to only put the good. So, so when we look at this, he's saying, hey, keep this deep love for each other. And he goes on to say, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. And I want to say to us as a church, there still, we're coming into Thanksgiving. There may need be people that need a meal. I, I talked to a lady Friday who just said, I don't have anything to do or anybody to, for Thanksgiving. That, you know, some people say, I hate this. I got things. I don't got a family. I don't have anything. And so this whole thing of, hey, open your house, invite somebody, allow. I'm, I already, I'm already committed to take a couple meals. I couldn't get them to come to me, but I said, I'm going to visit you. So I already got two meals. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to do DoorDash just to, hey, here's just something. Here's some good smoked turkey and some stuff. But this is where we open ourselves up. This is what Peter was saying. And it's still prevalent today. He goes on to say in verse 10, God has given each of you a gift. You just declared the word of the Lord when you said, I have a gift. Because it's right here in scriptures, he's given each of you a gift, which is powerful when you think about it, from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Everybody say variety. Like there's so many gifted people in here. I mean, and it's so, it, it's not, lim don't limit God. Out of his great variety of spiritual gifts, use them well to serve one another. That's what we're called to do. He goes on to say, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Church, this is how this operates. This is what I've got a gift. And, and by the way, spiritual gift, you know this, but I want to remind us gift, spiritual, the word gift in in scripture, in the, in the New Testament, in the Greek is charisma. And you can tell people when they're operating in their gift. And there's, I, there's goodness, over 28 spiritual gifts that are listed in the New Testament alone. And I've got a list of those. Anybody wants, you can, you, you can do that. But it, 
It's a supernatural enablement. So these natural inclinations, yes, I've got those, but this is something I didn't work for or desert or, or earn, and I, I just get it. Like it, it supersedes my own natural ability, my natural inclination. It gives me this ability. And so that's what 1 Corinthians 12, 4, and 6 Talking about the gifts of the Spirit, here they are. Nine of them are listed there. But it goes on in verse 4, and it says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So let me say this to you. Your gift is not inferior to anybody else's. Because we usually measure ourselves by other people. Well, I'm not as gifted and I, I can't do it and I can't do that. And I, let me just say to you, when you, the, I, the, hap, the happiest you'll ever be in your life is when you know what God created you to do and you start operating in that. Man, there's no demon in hell. Can get, like every day, man, you'll get so excited, you'll go to hell, go attack hell with a squirt gun. You know, I'm like, hey, come on, let's go. I'm going to do this. <laughs> you ain't worried because you're operating in your gift. You, you're not worried about it. You just, man, I, get, I can't believe I get to do this. And that's, as your pastor, I want more than anything for you to discover them and develop and deploy them because I know that's what's going to light you up. Like we're all going to go through stuff. But this is what truth sees. So not only do I have a gift, it, it's got to go like it says, the same God that works him. This is what I want you to say with me. The second one is I have a gift. The second thing is I will use my gift to help others. Say that with me. I will use my gift to help others. Now, I got I to gotta, I gotta just real quickly. Many people use their gifts to help themselves. In the church. Paul said it that way. Paul said there are some that preach for selfish gain, like they're trying to build a ministry. They're trying to say, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. And Paul was saying, look at him, look at him, look at him. Look at him, look at him, look at him. Look at him, look at him, look at him. Like everything we do, look at him. I've got to get you to get to Jesus. Look, I'm just as mixed up and messed up as you are. But I'm just as loved, just as forgiven, just as called, just as, 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 as empowered as you are. And so it's not about, it's about him. And so we go to the Father and we say, I've got this gift and I've got to use it. Now, now let me help those who think, well, God couldn't really use me. You're right. He can't use you with that understanding. But if you'll just take a simple step and you see an opportunity that you can do one thing, one thing to help somebody else. All of a sudden, it doesn't make your problems go away, but it gives you an encouragement to go, wow, I just helped somebody else. I just impacted somebody else's life. That's what, so Philippians, Paul wrote to the church of Philippi in uh, verse, uh, chapter two, verse three and four, it says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Some people with their gift, look at me. They try to, try to make it about them instead of make it about him. 
And it says, this is what Paul's writing. He says, don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others better than yourselves. In other words, don't get up on, don't get, we, we call it get on your high horse. <laughs> and it's like, oh, look at me, uh-huh. Where we begin to look down at others. And I just want to say we need to always take the position where we're looking up at others. Where we're looking at, hey, man, I, 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 I see you. Matter of fact, he goes on to say, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. So there again, I have a gift. I will use my gift to help others. God wants us to do that. That's the most powerful thing we can do. Matter of fact, Proverbs 11.25 puts it this way. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So are you, are you going through a battle? Are you going through a struggle? Start looking for an opportunity to bless somebody. It'll be a reciprocal effect. It's not that I do that because of it. A proverb is simply this. It's a simple truth. That isn't a promise from God. These are, it's a, it's, this is, so Solomon looked around and he said, if you do this, then this. And so he says, those who refresh others, that's what he said, the generals will prosper. Those who refresh others, and it doesn't say the generous is in money. See, because some of you have some incredible gifts and they just need somebody to come alongside of them to help them with something. Like some of you have the incredible ability to listen. One of the hardest things to do in this culture today. James, the brother of Jesus, said the three things. He said, be quick to speak, slow to listen, and quick to become angry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just described our culture. Please forgive me. He said, be quick to and slow to. And if you'll do those two, you'll be slow to become angry. But the problem is I need to be heard and I want you to hear me. And it's one of those things that's so funny. I, I was in a hardware store a couple weeks ago and I was just trying to get a screw. I, we'd got an appliance and one of the I stripped the, the Phillips head screw trying to tighten it up, you know, with this little impact driver. And I was like, oh no, oh no, I can't get it any tighter. It needs to go tighter. Anybody, y'all probably never done any of that. But anyhow, I'd stripped it out and I had just enough where I could back it out. I got it out and I said, I'm going to the hardware store. I got to find one because I'm not going to keep trying to do it. So I'm in the hardware store and there's a, there's a dad and a son, they're doing stuff and I'm trying to ease around. I'm like, hey, they're looking for a panhead, the same, and I'm, I'm looking at what they got. I'm like, that's close. We're, I'm, a, I'm watching. And so I'm behind them watching. I'm not trying to, hey, I'm, I need to get to this. So I'm watching in this dad. There's another guy. I said, so dad's here, this other gentleman's here and then the son's down here and he's an older guy. So the son's probably 30 something dad. So they're trying to get stuff and they're talking to each other and this guy's here in the middle. I'm behind him going, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. So I'm behind it and this, the dad, the son says, I think I found it. And the dad just comes back and just about knocks me down backwards into the thing. I'm like, and, and so it was funny. I was like, he goes, oh man, I'm sorry. I'm like, man, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of looking for the same stuff you are. <laughs> the gentleman that's just sitting there doing his own thing. He said, man, that was awful kind of you. And I was like, what? 
He said, man, most people be like, dude, you just bumped me? <laughs> I was like, really? I'm just trying to find a screw. That's all. Have you seen anything that looks like that? The thing is, is we don't like to be taken off of our routine or to yield our rights about stuff. Even if it means I got the right to be standing here looking for a screw and you're in my way. This is where we yield this and we say, hey, I want to help. I want to, I want to be a blessing. I want to refresh others. And it ended up happening. It was so funny. The, the dad and the son, so we get talking. I, y'all, I do that a lot. But they were late for a birthday party. <laughs> it was the sons. It was his son who was eight years old. They were trying to do some, one of their own projects. And they were trying to get the screws. And they were thinking, if we can get this before we go to the birthday party, at the birthday party, we could fix it. <laughs> I'm like... Man, y'all, dad, I, I see y'all. I've done that. He was trying to get it in. He did. And by the way, they, they didn't find it. They had to go somewhere else. But fun story. So the, I have a gift. I will use my gifts to help others. And then the third and final thing I want us to, this is our declaration today. This is our take home. First, I have a gift. Second, I'll use my gift to help others. Third is God receives glory when I use my gift to help others. Say that with me. And that's important because there are some things you do on this earth that you're never gonna get an attaboy for. There's certain things that you're gonna do on this earth that nobody's gonna give you a parade for. Nobody's gonna notice like you're doing it behind the scenes and you know with all your heart you're called to do this and it's, it's not something that's glamorous. It's not something nobody, but it's a gift and I'm gonna use it to serve others and I may never ever even see any type of quote reward this side of heaven, but just know God is an incredible, an incredible record keeper, not of wrongs. He said he races our sins. He throws them as far as the east is from the west. Some people, when I say God's an incredible record keeper, like (gasps) come talk to me. You need to give your life to Christ. You'll surrender. What he does is he gives, he keeps up with, Hey, I saw that you really, that's where that love did cover that multitude. That love did change that love helped encourage and build that this whole thing of man, it's about others. And God wants us to do that. And so Matthew 5, Jesus' first public sermon, he says this in verse 14 through 16. And I'm closing with this. And I got a couple questions I want you to to, to lean into this morning before we we head out and, and begin to go to our Thanksgiving. I know some have already are traveling. And I know that's why I want to say to, hey, to people, because they're traveling right now. School got out Friday and people said, woo, we go which is great, but God bless y'all as y'all are traveling. But Matthew, Jesus said this in Matthew 5, 14 and 16. He declared to the, to, to the, the, the children of Israel at that moment, but he declares to us today, you are, you are the light of the world. He didn't say you will be, he said you are the light of the world. In other words, you're the key to God's knowledge. You're the key to God's understanding. You're the key to God's love. You're the key to to help people understand what God's like. That we're the ones that do that. Like, like, you know, it may sound a little cliche, but you're the only Bible someone will ever read. 
You're the one that demonstrates by your gifts, by your talents, by using them and sharing them and, and, and connecting with others to use them. As a church, as a body, as an individual, we're like, man, we let people know you're loved, you're wanted, you're welcome. Come join, be a part. It says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. When all of us as a body are using the gifts we have to build the body, people notice and people begin to take notice. And this is what happens. It gives light to everyone in the house in the same way, let your light shine before others. Why? That they may see your good deeds. And what happens when that happens? And glorify your Father in heaven. So we bring glory to God by simply leaning in and saying, here I am, God, use me. And so I want to ask you this morning, if you would, just bow your heads with me for just a moment. And the only reason I have you do that, close your eyes and bow your heads, is the only way I know you can get alone in a crowded room. It's not any more spiritual than that. It gives you to do evaluation. There is a, a sense of reverence, but it is more for you to do this evaluation. Think about it. What do you have in your hands right now? Not physically, but what are you holding? That's both a physical and spiritual metaphor. Like some of you are holding some gifts that you haven't released yet. Because you're holding them, people haven't been giving glory to God because they're waiting for you to, to, to get involved and get active so they can do that. What's in your hand? What, what is it that you're holding that God wants to take and say, I see, I want to use that. Secondly, what's in your heart? What's in your hand and what's in your heart? Like there are things, there are people, there are places, there are situations that wreck you when you think about them because God has placed that in your heart and he wants you to be the difference maker. He wants you to be the one to let your light shine so others can bring glory to him. They can find him. So what's in your hand? What's in your heart? And finally, what's in your house? When I mean house, yes, there's a physical house. But hey, what has God given you charge over? What has he moved on you to do? I want Sam, he's gonna lead us for just a moment. We got a few minutes. And I want you to contemplate that as we sing because I believe with all my heart that as we begin to lean into this, like we're coming into the season. I know we're celebrating, but there, I don't know if y'all know it, but more people take their own life between Thanksgiving and Christmas than any other time of the year.
Most people don't know that because all they're thinking of is their celebration, what they have and what they're doing. More people take their own life between Thanksgiving and Christmas than any other time of the year. So I want us, as Sam leads us, what's in my hand, what do I have control, what is what does I have there, what's in my heart, this moving, this stirring, and then what's in my house.